The Catholics of Oz is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to episode 78 of The Catholics of Oz. The Catholics of Oz is a show where we discuss faith, culture, and what's been happening from an Aussie perspective. Whether it's synods and science, apostolates and apps, providence or productivity, you can hear it right now on The Catholics of Oz. Hello, I'm Lindsay Sands and welcome to episode 78, finally, of The Catholics of Oz. And the reason, there's a reason why I say that. But before I do say anything else, I'd like to welcome my good friend, co-host, host of the show, Lino Sabal. Lino, how are you today? I'm good, Lindsay. Yourself? I'm great. Now, now that we're recording properly. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Now, I know canonically um, we're not allowed to do confession without a priest and, you know, confessions are not necessarily public, but Lino, I feel like today I need to, well, you're free from this. You're absolved. Okay. But but (laughs) I feel like I need to make a confession, however. So are you ready for it? Here we go. Here we go. Those who are frequent connoisseurs of the Catholics of Oz. (laughs) <laughs> Might be wondering why for the last month there hasn't uh, uh, we haven't released two episodes, and um, yeah, it's pretty much my fault. <laughs> oh, so, what was yeah. your fault? It's, it's yeah. the software. Come on, we it, yeah. we're, we're having some all the time in work. You know, it's your fault. No, no, it's the software. It's a system because but, it takes yeah. so long. Mm, I was uh, I was caught unawares. Let's just put it that way. So <laughs> yeah. so uh, where we were meant to. So we should be on episode what is seventy nine now. Seventy nine. Yeah, right. I think so. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what's happened is. Uh, the previous episode from the st- that we would have recorded for the start of May, uh, we decided to take a short break. So uh, I've been writing an essay. Caroline was she had something on. I forgot now. It was a month ago. But yeah, it was a month yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. we thought we'd take a break so that you know so we can just catch our breath, do the things that we need to do, and get back mm-hmm. into recording. Mm-hmm. So Lino, we did get back into recording two weeks ago, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so oh, I feel so I feel so bad. So. Uh, it's all your fault, man. We, it's all your fault. All we fault. recorded episode seventy-eight, which um, so there's an episode of seventy-eight that you'll never hear, everyone. The unreleased it's, episode. It's, it's your unreleased yep. episode. So it's one of those deleted scenes or one of those hidden yeah. things you find in DVDs or back in the days. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's um, yeah, it's extra material. Um, but it, it, uh, it didn't even make it to the cutting room floor because <laughs> it didn't even get recorded. That's the problem. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, so what happened was uh, so. I set up all the recording. I'm using some uh, new software um, that Dom has helped me to to get around. And this isn't Dom's fault, by the way. Like Dom, you know, Dom had like nothing to do with this. So it was me. I had the recording location um, for our file. So as we record, you know, the files go to um, what's it called? To a folder, uh, you know, so that we can you know send them all later on to Dom for editing. Uh, but I had the folder set up on my OneDrive. And I didn't realize that I'd done that, but it's just like natural instinct. That's what I did. Because normally um, when I was recording GarageBand, I'd just save the file to a folder on my, on my computer. Such upload a it to simple OneDrive. software, yeah. GarageBand. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. However, what I did was uh, because it was saving to OneDrive, uh, basically it would save the, you know, the recording as we're going, you know, make, it would make the file uh, on my computer and OneDrive would then automatically upload it. So it was saving on my hard drive and uploading simultaneously. 
And so during the recording of the episode, there was for just this momentary glitch um, in my internet because I, you know, while Caroline was talking, uh, you know, the, you know, I, you know, you know how the voice goes a bit like funny and strange, you know, that glitchy, yeah. So the internet, yeah, had a, just a temporary glitch in my internet, and I think that's what happened because then after we finished recording, I went to the recordings, yes, and there, and there was zero kilobytes. Whoa! Yeah, and I was like, what? "Oh, that's right." So I had the file name and zero kilobytes, and then after about twenty minutes, the file itself disappeared because I don't know, maybe because it was zero kilobytes. I'm like, "What's going on?" So uh, I was. Um, we get. Oh, yeah. that is so weird, man. Yeah, that is so weird. So I was a little bit panic stationed. So anyway, my apologies to uh to all of our listeners who were wondering, you know, where are the Catholics of Oz? What's going on? Um, it, it was me. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was me not using technology properly. And uh, yes, I failed you all. <laughs> oh, you yeah. didn't fail us. Look, look, technology is a good thing and a bad thing. You know, we're always trying to learn it. And, and you know, look, we, from our sister um, podcasters, um, you know, Secrets of Technology, they'll know that they've been through it. You know, yes. Trying to figure out what's going on, yep. how things work, and if things do work. You know, technology is is awesome when it works, and if it doesn't, it can be a pain in the bum. Yeah. But you know, for us, um, we, we try to figure out what was went, went wrong, what we can do right, blah blah blah, and it, it ends ends up being okay. You know, look, and uh, yeah, by the sounds of Lindsay's um software, wow. Oh, Dom, I, I need to watch like 100 hours of um, <laughs> tutorials how to use this thing, I tell yeah. you. <laughs> well, the software itself is great. I love it. I, you know, yeah. it actually, it, it does add more flexibility. Um, I, okay. you know, like it's audio okay. hijack. You can just, you build, you use like modules. It's got all these modules that you just put together in a chain, you know, and it, and they have different functions. And I love it because you can just build, you know, like what, whatever cool, you want. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's great. You know, I love it for that. Um, you can use it to record things off websites if you need to, which is good for me oh. because sometimes I put slides shows together for students and this just does it so much yeah. better you know it's you know it's flexible like that so it's um cool, it's cool, actually able cool, cool. to do some other things some other projects yeah. too, which i like um and i yeah hopefully over time i'll start um you know being braver and exploring its functionality a bit more nice, but, um, nice yeah nice. now that i'm over this ha- hurdle you know did a bit of an aircraft inv- investigation to work out what happened to the last episode and, yeah anyway so we need- are the yeah. need for the, uh, yeah. the need for knowing how to use your computer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I am cool, staring cool. at it right now and it is recording, so we're good. Nice, 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 nice. All right. So uh before we continue, now that we've had that little bit of oh, we should have also mentioned Caroline is not here. So now so Caroline did record with us in our in our um episode <laughs> that will never be heard by anyone. <laughs> but unfortunately we, we didn't get to air our discussion yeah. because of yeah, again, because of me. Uh however, she did um she recorded a science uh a science topic um as part of the episode. And uh, Dom was able to turn her recording into an episode of Let's Science. So if you'd like to hear mm-hmm. Caroline's intelligent voice unpacking the mysteries of, of black holes, um, Caroline did an episode of Let's Science, which you can find on the StarQuest network if you didn't know we do that too. So that's there. Um, cool, but Caroline, cool. is um, she's now in New Zealand um, visiting her in-laws with her family and having a much, much, much well-deserved uh, well, break. So. All of us know it's on New Zealand. It's it's Middle Earth. It, it Middle, she's in Middle Earth. Earth. That's right. She is in Middle Earth. Earth. She, she's yep. on on a journey. Yes. To she's, Mordor. Uh, I don't know which one is it now. Yeah. Which well, should we no, go she's now? just simply she's going on an adventure. That's the. Oh, that's a, that's right. <laughs> that's yep. right. A journey. Yep. A journey. Yep. 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 She's having yep. having mm-hmm. second breakfast as we speak. I'm sure. Yep. Oh, I'm so hungry yep. now. Oh. Thinking about Elevensies. Yep. I think Elevensies? that's all happening. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
All right, so uh, that it, mate. Yeah, she's got to listen to this and go, what are these guys on about? <laughs> love you, Caroline. Love you, Caroline. Love you. Yes. Enjoy New Zealand without us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, we'd like to, before we continue, if you're new to listening to the Catholics of Oz and you're wondering what the heck is going on, well, you can find out more about us by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast player. And please don't forget to give us a five-star rating in sympathy for my technology woes um, and some positive feedback so that we can reach out um, and meet new people because that's what we're all about with this show. All of SQPN shows are also on the uh, hosted on YouTube. So you can just search for Catholics of Oz on YouTube or search for SQPN on YouTube to see all the shows. You can subscribe and you can hit the bell to get notifications when new episodes are released. So Lino, with that in mind, let's move into Faith Beyond Borders. Oh. I'm actually feeling rather good about this. I think we've all arrived at a very special place, eh? Spiritually, ecumenically. How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? Welcome to my world, son. You come up with an answer to that one, you let me know. Yes, I had to work very hard to pass Latin and theology. Oh, quite. Those are, of course, the most important things. Oh, yeah. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. So, Lino, uh, recently... uh, Now, actually, uh, so we had recorded a version of this, and unfortunately, it was lost. And I thought, I really wanted to, to do this the message of this uh, and so um we're going to have this discussion again maybe better more new and improved this time <laughs> so uh w- uh we had recorded our episode 78 the previous version of it to coincide with reconciliation week which is which happened here in australia um yeah from may 27th is when it started so that didn't happen so now we're going to do a post reconciliation week episode uh but the thing is the topic i wanted to share it has to do with john paul ii's visit to australia in 1986 which i think is a really important uh visit to highlight as as a remembrance of um of some of the things that happened in the lead up to you know to reconciliation here in Australia and the continuing cause for reconciliation so reconciliation week i should clarify for those who who aren't sure is a week um where we commemorate um indigenous australians uh, work again towards you know raising awareness about reconciliation and the dates uh coincide with with two days one is where there was recognition of Indigenous people uh, in Australia, and like important recognition, and also coinciding on the date of Mabo, which was a land rights decision as well. So it, um, it, it, the dates are, are themed around that. And um, in 1986, John Paul II prophetically um, spoke to the Aboriginal people of Australia, and, uh, and he had a message for them, which I'm going to share a, bit, a little bit um, of today. So... Uh, he was the second pope to visit Australia after Pope Paul VI's tour in 1970. He was 66 years old at the time that he uh, that he visited Australia in 1986, and uh, in the span of six and a half days, he visited every state and territory from the 24th of November to the 1st of December. So that meant that he had travelled 11,360 kilometres and attended 38 functions. So. Busy, busy, wow. busy schedule. Yeah, very I'd, busy schedule. I'd be exhausted, and I'm forty I, years old. Oh <laughs> man, how many cups of coffee and stuff? <laughs> a <laughs> keep lot. Me, keep yeah. me going I wonder if John Paul II drank coffee. I, yeah, if, 
Oh, yeah. uh, look, he'll be on a high of of a lot of our Holy Spirit. He'll have the Holy. <laughs> yeah, he would have had the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's I think right, it's that's yeah, right. better than coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Only slightly, but it's better than... No, it's, yeah. no much better. That's, yeah. that's right. Magnitude, order of magnitude better. That's yes. Uh, during that time, uh, his largest gathering was uh, included 200,000 people in an open-air mass at Sydney's Ramwick Racecourse, which was huge. But I remember, and Caroline remembers very vaguely, like we were, I was about four or five years old and she was, um, you know, only about, I think, six or... What is it? She would have been... No, she would have been eight or nine years old at the time. Mm, eight or nine, yeah. Yeah. We attended Pope John the Pope John Paul II's visit to Melbourne at uh, at the MCG. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah, and I have yeah, very yeah, vague yeah. memories of that happening, but I, I remember, you know, my parents came and picked me up early from primary school. I was in grade prep uh, so wow. that we could get to the city because I, um, I think our parish priest at the time had uh, organized tickets and given them to my, to my parents. Oh, cool. Um, cool yeah, cool, so, cool, cool. yeah, so we ended up going to that as well, which is kind of cool. So we're you know, kind of part of that trip. So uh, the key thing I wanted to get to, though, was that he wrote a, he wrote, um, a, a letter which he, he read um, to to the indigenous people that he gathered with in Alice Springs. And uh, what impresses me about this letter to, to Aboriginal Australians and to Aboriginal Catholics is that, uh, firstly, he understood. So if you were to read it now, knowing what we know about Indigenous history, the Indigenous past and whatever, it's very, very clear that, that uh, he had done his homework and whoever had informed him about Aboriginal Australians had given him very like very accurate information and his response to it because when you when you're told something you know when you're told something you respond to it that's when we know if that person has really taken in you know and absorbed and understood what it is they've been told and i think this letter is prophetic it's on the, it's on the level of a of a prophet and what i mean by that a prophet is someone who sees what's going on in society and then expresses the desire for a, a better future you know, and we know biblical prophets did things like that: turn away from sin, turn back to God. Why do you turn back to God? Turn away from God. Turn back to Him, please. Now, you know things like that. Um, and in that fashion, in that sense of being a prophet, I think John Paul II was very prophetic in his words to Aboriginal Australians. So, Alina, were you going to say something? No, no. Okay, oh, sorry. I heard your deep. I heard your deep breath of preparation to speak. No, no, no. no, no, no. More, I'm all compl- contemplating. And contemplating at the same time. Yeah. No worries. So I'm just going to share a couple of short excerpts from this letter, and we might just have a bit of a, a response to it. Uh, so he started off by saying, um, "It is a great joy for me to be here today in Alice Springs and to meet so many of you, the Aborigines and Torres Strait Islander of Australia. I want to tell you right away how much the church esteems and loves you." and how much she wishes to assist you in your spiritual and material needs. At the beginning of time, as God's Spirit moved over the waters, he began to communicate something of his goodness and beauty to all creation. When God then created man and woman, he gave them the good things of the earth for their use and the benefit, and benefit. And he put into their hearts abilities and powers, which were his gifts. And to all human beings throughout the ages, God has given a desire for himself a desire which different cultures have tried to express in their own ways. So the first thing he, he did is, he, you know, obviously there's this greeting. And then he talks about our common, our common father, God, uh, who is, you know, who is the author of all of creation, no matter where we started, where, you know, where, where our civilizations started on the earth, no matter where we're born, all of us have this common, you know, origin in God, our creator. Um, yeah. And he links that to the indigenous spirituality of the dreaming next. And he says, but for thousands of years, you have lived in this land 
and fashioned a culture that endures to this day. All during this time, the Spirit of God has been with you. Your dreaming, which influences your lives so strongly, no matter what happens, you remain forever people of your culture. Uh, it's not only a way of touching the mystery of God's Spirit in you and, and in creation. You must keep your striving for God and hold on to it in your lives. And what's, um, what's beautiful is that uh, he, uh, you know, the mission of the church is not to tell people, abandon your culture for God, but to say, find God in your culture. And, and he's repeating that same message. Yeah, you know, we all, if, you, if you look around the world, there are you know, different ways that mass might be celebrated in different cultures, dif- you know, different ways that people pray. You know, Lena, you have a Filipino background, so you might know some particular you know, color, you know I, I mean, even at your wedding, I saw some, you know, I'm just thinking now, you know, when you and Bernadette were married, there were some particular cultural things that were, that were done that were integrated into the mass. You know, like there was the, uh, the, uh, I'm going to call it the rope, but you know, whatever, you know, uh, I can only remember the yeah. rope, which is yeah. pretty bad because, yeah, of, yeah just, uh, you know, the connection of, um, um, husband and wife. And, yeah. Uh, and there was a few other things. Oh my goodness, I'm going so well, but I'm I'm forgetting things. Yeah, um, well, it was a while ago now. So, it, so. Was, uh, it was. As long as you remember that you're married to Bernie, Bernadette, oh, that's no, okay. No, so. And uh, it's funny, she goes, it's just 13 years now? She goes, it's 14, babe. I yeah. Go, oh, now yeah. I'm in trouble. Anyway, yes. yeah, there's a few few things happening in cultures um, and coinciding with their, with their faith. So, yeah. 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 So, people express their faith through their culture, not not despite their culture, which is which is a, a beautiful thing of you know of, of being a person. Um, yeah. And by the way, just so everyone knows, Lino and I were both married to our spouses in two thousand and eight. So if we need to know how long we've been married for, we just look at each other and go, "How long?" How long? <laughs> so, yeah. <Hello? laughs> and if we both forget, we're in trouble. So well, we are. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Lino, in that sense, Lino is my wingman. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can I be am. my wingman anytime. I'm not yeah, going yeah. to finish that yeah. quote, but anyway. You get yeah. So, so moving on, um, he goes on to say, for thousands of years, this culture of yours was free to grow without interference by people from other places. You lived your lives in spiritual closeness to the land with its animals, birds, fishes, waterholes, rivers, hills, and mountains. Through your closeness to the land, you touched the sacredness of man's relationship with God, for the land was proof of a power uh, in life greater than yours. You did not spoil the land, use it up, exhaust it, and then walk away from it. You realized that your land was related to the source of life. You marked the growth of your young men and women with ceremonies of discipline and taught them responsibility as they came to, to maturity. These achievements are indications of human strivings. And in these strivings, you showed the, a dignity open to the message of God's revealed wisdom to all men and women, which is the great truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just the in this, just the affirmation of, of dignity, the affirmation of you've taken the same journey that the rest of us took in finding God. We all, we are all on this journey to find God and even your culture, the same thing. And and I love that he's linked this to, to our, our creation theology in the church. You know, that God is the author of life. God is the creator of everything. God breathed life into everything. We find God in the world that he created. One of the greatest signs of God's existence is that is the world that he created that we're stewards of. And he, and he perfectly links that stewardship to you know to Aboriginal life, and and I think um the the growth of young men and women in ceremonies of discipline and so on for me that sounds almost like he's saying you had your own version of the sacraments you had your way of marking the the growth of people's lives and 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 their and their development in your religion yeah you know, one of the one of the things about Aboriginal spirituality is their connection to the land because yeah you know, because the, you know their their identity is in the land because the land 
you know is an acknowledgement of the of the creator of their creator as the you know yeah and this is this comes about in the in the, this concept you know this belief in the dreaming that they have so you know so he's again got this parallel and then he says and all of it ties in to um to the gospel of Jesus Christ the great truth that it, that what your culture points to is God amongst you is is Jesus Christ uh yeah so um moving on then uh he said uh that some of the stories from your dreamtime legends speak powerfully of the great mysteries of human life its frailty its need for help its closeness to spiritual powers and the value of the human person they are not unlike some of the great inspired lessons from the people among whom Jesus himself was born. It is wonderful to see how people, as they accept the gospel of Jesus, find points of agreement between their own traditions and those of Jesus and his people. And I think that's pretty self-evident what it's trying to explain, is it what we just spoke about before? Don't you think, Lino? Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, that connection to the land has been happening for Thousands and thousands of years, even yeah. I don't know, say millions of years. I can't uh, well, remember. Uh, well, uh, tens of thousands. So I think the the oldest evidence of um, of Aboriginal presence um, in Australia is about seventy thousand years. Um, we have, you know, we have evidence of, of at least that long, if not longer. Yeah, yeah. You know, they think the connection to the land is immense, immense, and um, and I think that's what the elders want to. Co- I mean. Bring on to the um, teach on to the, the younger you know, generation. Yeah, um, and that's I think that's what the fear is. Or I'm not trying to put fear in this podcast, but I yeah. think that's what the uh, what they're worried about is that they, they want to um, show their um, connection to the land to their younger ones. Yes, yeah, and, and let them let the younger ones, um, you know, keep on going with their um, and so forth, so forth to the next generation. So it doesn't. Just disappear, yes. but I I don't think it will, and, and, and yeah. I, I, it's just that it's it's incredible how the elders are, are trying to um change, I mean, bring them all together. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah um, the the interesting thing is that uh, at the moment Australia is talking about um, the Uluru Statement from the Heart, and this this came I've from heard of about that. Yeah, yeah um, Indigenous. You know, leaders and people from you know from all walks of Indigenous life came together, um, and they they talked and debated and discussed and and came up with a statement expressing, well, this is how we want to be Australian, this is how we want to integrate, and uh, it included things like um, uh, a truth telling um, uh, commission to to air out everything, you know, the, the the whole lot, which which I think is a really important. It's it's almost like a giant reconciliation, which is important. You know, to 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 actually to actually fully reconcile Indigenous people, um, you know, with you know you know with um with the rest of the Australian population, so that we are all Australian, an Australian family, you know, um, that acknowledges the past and moves to, together in the future. Um, it all it also um involves enshrining an Indigenous voice in the in the Australian Constitution, so that so that you know Indigenous Australians are elevated. To having a, a legitimate voice rather than being listened to when people feel like it, um, yeah. So they're part of the family conversation, and then uh, treaty is the other one as well. So um, those are the three aims of it. And just recently, and I will talk about this later on down the track, not in today's episode, but recently, um, the Australian Catholic bishops. I saw um, something uh, a notice by Archbishop Comensoli, friend of the show, um, who you know, but uh, yeah, who talked about how the Australian churches, um, the Australian church, ecumenical, you know, ecumenically with other Christians, um, we are supporting um, the Uluru Statement and the the initiative to 
to actually recognize and, and act on it as well. So, um, but I'll say more about that in a future episode. Um, I, I would like to cover that topic and the church's response to it. Uh, yeah. So, um, moving on, John Paul II acknowledges the history of the church as well. So, uh, the church with indigenous people. So there's, there's the history where, uh, where, uh, things weren't good, where the church participated in, in things that, that were not good. And then there were those in the church who advocated for originals as well. So that, you know, it was a, it's a mixed history where people sometimes tried to do things thinking it was the right thing to do, but were doing a terrible thing because of a lack of understanding uh, and vice versa. But he talks about, um, he says here that among those who loved and cared for the indigenous people, we especially recall with profound gratitude all the missionaries of the Christian faith. With immense generosity, they gave their lives in service to you and your forebears. They helped to educate the Aboriginal people and offered health and social services. Whatever their human frailty and whatever mistakes they may have made, so there's that acknowledgement, nothing can ever minimize the depth of their charity. Nothing can ever cancel out the greatest contribution, which was the proclamation of Jesus Christ. Um, establishing his church in your midst. He mentions Archbishop Polding. Um, uh, Archbishop Polding uh, uh, said some pretty strong things about, um, about the injustices that Aboriginal people were facing. Uh, at one point, uh, I remember vaguely one of his letters talking about how um, after a massacre or a string of massacres, he said that um, you know, the, the, the ground is screaming for the recognition of the blood of Aboriginal people that has been spilled, you know, it's calling out for vengeance, you know. Um, so he wrote some pretty strong letters advocating for for um, for justice for Aboriginal people as well. Um, but he said, from the earliest times, men like Archbishop Holding of Sydney opposed the legal fiction adopted by European settlers that this land was terra nullius, nobody's country. He strongly pleaded for the rights of the Aboriginal inhabitants to keep the traditional lands on which their whole society depended. The church still supports you today. Now, that was in 1986. The church still supports you today. And we can say confidently, the church still supports you today in 2022. And we can say it in 10 years from now and 50 years from now that the church still supports you today, I think is going to be a message that won't change. I think the church has, has worked out its place, its relationship with Aboriginal people and is cultivating that continually. And there's a reason why I say that, which I'll get to a little bit later on. Um, but he says the following he says, let it not be said that the fair and equitable recognition of Aboriginal rights to land is discrimination to call for the acknowledgement of the land rights of people who have never surrendered those rights is not discrimination. Certainly what has been done cannot be undone, but what can now be done to remedy the deeds of yesterday must not be uh, put off until tomorrow. So is that recognition of uh, Aboriginals never said, okay, you can have this land. You know no, what well, I mean? they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. no point did they surrender or cede as, the, you know, we call it the unceded land. You know, no one ever surrendered the land to, you know, to, um, to white settlers. So, um, so the, um, Pope John Paul II acknowledges that uh, and says, well, the, you know, there needs to be something worked out that recognizes, well, look, this is the situation as it is now. This is society. So how are Aboriginals going to justly uh, be, you know, have rights to, land um you know that that recognizes that it's there so yeah um so he goes on to say christian people of goodwill are saddened to realize many of them only recently for how long a time aboriginal people were transported from their homelands into small areas or reserves where families were broken up tribes split apart children orphaned and people forced to live like exiles in a foreign country uh, so 
is interesting that he, I mean he's acknowledging the stolen generation <laughs> like yeah. in 1986 in 1986 <laughs> pretty, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not that people weren't acknowledging it in 1986 but it, I, it wasn't necessarily being spoken about so openly you know and so publicly uh, so again prophetic that, and again for, for him to for that knowledge to have reached him and then for him to acknowledge that as important to speak about uh, again tells me about how prophetic that, that's why I was talking about how it's prophetic because he's He's has, he's been given some knowledge about the stolen generation, and, and and spoken about it. So um, I think that's I think that's really powerful too. Um, I I remember uh in so not in nineteen eighty six. I remember in nineteen ninety eight when I was in year eleven. How about that, right? So Ooh, wow, uh, yeah, in year oh, eleven, wow. I did year twelve history in year eleven, and uh, <laughs> that's right, yeah, 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 and uh, and part of the study was looking at, at Australian history, and we looked at. Um, Australia, uh, Australian settlers or English settlers um, and their relationship with Aboriginal people. And it wasn't great. That's the first thing to talk about. You know, we covered things like um, manipulation, massacres, things like that. Um, and there was, one, there was one massacre that I read about, and I can't remember what, which, what they called it, but there was one I read about, and we were reading the diary um, of one of the people who participated in the massacre. And I mean, it's yeah, and it's heartbreaking to say this. You know, it's it's terrible. But the thing is, it's recorded history. He said they'd scored a good innings that day, so he used a you know, yeah terrible used a, you know a cricket sporting analogy to say we we killed a lot of Aboriginal people today, um, which was awful. And the reason why I bring that up though is because I remember at the time uh, we had a a year eleven reflection day at school. And, you know, did a whole bunch of different workshops. And there was one, I remember, where a teacher took uh, me and, you know, my house group or whatever it is. And um, and she did this activity. Uh, students love this activity, you know, where you say, you make a statement and you say, go to the left if you disagree, oh, go yes. to the right if you disagree, right whatever, you know, things like that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, the statement she made was, uh, we should apologize to, you know, we should apologize to um, to Aboriginal people for the um for what's been done to them historically all right you know we should say sorry you know and you know how we you know we did have a national apology in 2008 whatever yeah so what was interesting was at the time and this isn't like look how awesome Lindsay is right but at the time everyone (laughs) moved to one side to say no we shouldn't say sorry and i was the only one to move to the opposite side and say yes we should but but the thing is the reason i did that is because i had been studying australian history Exactly. I wonder. I wonder what my response would have been if I hadn't studied it. Yeah, because I mean, the responses that the other students gave, I mean, almost sound fair enough because they, you know, they're saying things like, "Well, I, I wasn't there. I didn't do it. You know, I care about Aboriginal people, so why should I say sorry if you know if I wasn't the one doing these terrible things?" So, but the thing is, uh, at least where I was, that was a common attitude at the time. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, and and that's not, you know, it's not to say you know, that, that we should criticize people for having the attitude, but it, you know, the, these things that take time to mature and grow, if that makes sense, you know? And so as the story was being told more and as, as more and more people became aware of the history, uh, people started to start, start to realize, yes, we should say, sorry, we should have a national apology. Um, and that finally happened in 2008, which was a, um, yeah. Uh, was it Kevin Rudd? Kevin Rudd, yes, yeah, Kevin Kevin Rudd. Rudd was, was, yeah. or was prime minister then. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and the thing is, if you, if you, I remember we had all of our students, so now I'm a teacher here, you know, in 2008, we stopped everything so that all the students could watch the National Apology because it's a, um, it's a, you know, it was a, it's history. 
and uh, and watching the reactions on TV of the Aboriginal people crying and hugging each other and getting at least some sense that the path of healing and reconciliation had begun. It was a really powerful moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, John Paul II had basically been calling for this reconciliation as well. Since, so, 1986. since 1986. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, now I want to talk about very quickly his uh, his... Uh, what he said about the the church and indigenous people in the church. So I'll just finish with one of the last things that he said in paragraph 13. He said, as you listen to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, seek out the best things of your traditional ways. If you do, you will come to realize more and more your great human and Christian dignity. Let your minds and hearts be strengthened to begin a new life now. Past hurts cannot be healed by violence. You are present, your present, nor are present injustices removed by resentment. Your Christian faith calls you to become the best kind of Aboriginal people you can be. This is possible only if reconciliation and forgiveness are part of your lives. Only then will you find happiness. Only then will you make your best contribution to all your brothers and sisters in this great nation. And here's the kicker. This is the one, the, the quote that I hear often and a quote that I think I should, I think needs to be re- repeated in the Australian church. He said to them, you are part of Australia, and Australia is part of you. And the church herself in Australia will not fully be the church that Jesus Christ wants her to be until you have made your contribution to her life, and until that contribution has been joyfully received by others. And I get a, you know, I feel a chill, you know, I, I just feel a great sense of emotion um, and and just you know this spiritual desire to see this vision of John Paul II happen, you know, and continue to grow where Aboriginal people are making their contribution to the Australian Church, and the Australian Church receives it joyfully, because we've made a lot of strides towards there towards that, but we aren't quite there yet. We've still got a way to go, and I think the church, uh, yeah, and I think the church, you know, recently saying um, we support the Uluru Statement is a big, big, big step in the right direction. So, so grateful that the Australian bishops had, you know, again, also had the prophetic wisdom to say, this is the way that we as a church need to go. You know, if we're, if we're um, yeah, uh, that the Aboriginal people are Australian and they have something to contribute to our church. Yeah. And we've already seen it as well. Uh, um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Lena, if I can give an example. Um, so I showed you an image. Uh, remember the image of the, the, the tree? Yes, that yeah. was an awesome image. Yeah. A beautiful image. Um, and I'll put a link to it in our show notes. Uh, there's a, it's a, an artwork um, by uh, Miriam Rose Ungama Bowen. So she's a, an Aboriginal woman who's Catholic, like very, very Catholic too. Um, and she has made a big contribution to the Catholic Church through her spirituality, through uh, Catholic education. She was, she's been a principal of, um, of Catholic schools uh, and been involved in Catholic schooling and, and all kinds of other initiatives as well. Uh, but her painting is called The Tree of Life, and it's beautiful and amazing. It, uh, and for those who can't see it, you can look at it in the show notes later, but it's got a tree. Um, it has two crocodiles at the base of the tree because she painted it during um, the season when crocodiles lay their eggs in the sand. Um, it has a cross in the middle with um, almost like fire coming out of it, you know, as representing um, you know, the love of Christ you know, being the light of the world. Um, underneath at the, you know, under the ground are some circles, um, that represent all of us gathered together. And then there's like a, um, uh, like, uh, a, a yam that represents the body of Christ. Um, and it has oh, yeah, all, saw that. Yeah, yeah. 
and then it's got these. Uh, um, yeah, it's it just got this beautiful. Again, this is the this is indigenous spirituality expressing Christ, as John Paul II was saying. It's got some white lines like waves coming out, representing the Holy Spirit's creative power in the world, and many many other things. And it's a beautiful image, and there's a very short description if anyone would like to read it as part of the show notes as well. Uh, and uh, basically. Uh, yeah, th- this is a contribution. Now there is a sad story to this image as well. Uh, it was it um, it was put on uh, it was put up in the I think in the north in the cathedral in Northern Territory because uh, because she had gifted it to the church. Um, and sadly, at some point, someone came in and sort of tore it in half. You know, so so destroyed it. And uh, people some were thinking that maybe it's the attitude that some people still look at Aboriginals and consider them pagans. You know that you know this kind of you know your way is not the right way kind of thing. So, for whatever reason that the person did it, it was a you know it was a very heartbreaking and awful thing to do. Uh, now, Elio Capra, who is a priest that teaches art here in Melbourne, who I just literally yesterday submitted a seven thousand word essay to for, <laughs> for the master's course that I'm doing with him. Okay. Uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Uh, still breathing. Um, he uh, he's travelled all around Australia talking about religious art and learning about it as well. And he knows Miriam Rose and spoke to her, the artist. He he knows her. And when he'd heard about this image being destroyed, he was he was furious, and he was telling us a story. And he, and he and he said he was speaking to Miriam, saying, "How how can you? How can this be? This is so terrible. Oh, I'm so angry. Whatever." And she and she said, "Elio, I, I forgive the person." And and he told us that story and he cried in front of us, you know what I mean? And he just like just this the power of forgiveness, you know, we're we're you know along the way of trying to to um embrace full reconciliation and to have Aboriginal people fully making contributions in in the Australian church, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be problems. There's gonna be, you know, speed bumps if you want to call it that, or barriers. And each barrier will have to be overcome when we encounter it. And for her, you know, for her to have this, this beautiful wisdom to be able to forgive someone who had destroyed such a beautiful artwork, a unique piece of work, um, it just shows, for me, it exemplifies Christ and Aboriginal spirituality as one. And I, and I, and I think that's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, Lido, there's a whole lot that I've gone through there. You? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I recommend if anyone wants to read the Pope John Paul II's letter, it's there in um in uh in our show notes. It's a link to it, and you're you're welcome to it yourself. It's a great reflection as we look forward to taking more steps to to um head towards full reconciliation and recognition of Aboriginal people and the Church doing its role as well. So, any other thoughts or responses, Lido, before we move on? Oh, it just um, I think there's a few. I can't remember if it's been changed this year or last year, but I think doing um the sporting events like we have here in the AFL. I think I mentioned it last last year's um podcast, and almost the same time here we have a um and call it an Indigenous round. Yes, where it is about Indigenous people, and and each um AFL team have their um Indigenous um art on their on mm-hmm. the um, tops, yeah. which corresponds to where they are from. So, for the Victorian side of things, I, I'm sorry for my ignorance. It mm-hmm. depends on which tribe or which um, land it is part of. Yes, correct. And that yeah. tribe and up and that and those people will paint what's on for the um, AFL players. Yeah. And I think they've included the Torres Strait Islanders. Correct. That's right. Yes. So yeah. that's that's an awesome. That's yep. an, an incredible thing to include too, and yeah. so and I think I was watching. Um, I think it was one of the. Um, uh, don't quote me. I think it, 
was a football? Yeah, it was a football. It was mm. football. I think it was about up in Darwin. So yeah. this is a great thing too. They've started playing games in Darwin, and yeah. they introduced, of course, the the, uh, the introduction of the Aboriginal people, and also the Torres Strait Islanders. So yes. the Aboriginal people would do their um oh, once again. I oh, apologise for my ignorance. Um, the welcoming ceremony. Yeah, like a smoking ceremony. Yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and then. And also the Torres Strait Islanders did it as well. Yes, yeah. So they did their um, yeah. welcoming ceremony as well, which is great. Now, so we've got uh, two um, cultures come, coming together and um, it, it, yeah, I, it's great to see. And yes. I, I, it's one of the great things I see in sport at, at the moment, um, uh, including that as well. Um, look. I don't know if a lot of people will listen to this podcast, but I was a bit disappointed with the A-League uh, when yes. they had the grand final. Um, they started with the DJ and dancing. And I was yeah. like, oh gosh, before the match. And then later on, I thought, oh, I switched it off and I switched it back on. And then there was a man talking about um, Aboriginal um, culture and yeah. everything. They were doing the introduction. And I go, I'm thinking to myself, why wasn't that first? Mm, sure, I'm sure. Sorry, yes, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry being... Yeah. You know, opinionated and all that stuff, but I just thought to myself, why wasn't that first? Yeah, that should be first all all, all the time. Mm. And then, and then, and of course, the um the DJ and dancing was just, was pretty horrible in a sense. But anyway, that's that's my that's my yeah. um that's, that's my opinion. You're an old and, man, um, I know. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. I know. Well, I love my dance, but yeah. I just the yeah, yeah. the atmosphere wasn't right for not great, for, for not the great. Thing. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm forty three, turning forty four. So anyway, so yeah. Uh, but uh, besides that, yeah, I just. Yeah, I, I was d- d- that title was a disappointment, but at least they included it. Okay, that mm. they included it. That that's the main thing. So yeah, and I've, I think they're starting to do that for majority of a lot of um uh, main events. Yes, in correct. Sport, yeah, yes. in sport. Um, yeah. I think they did it. Yeah, I think they did it for the F one. Um, okay. Yeah. This yep. year too. Yes. Uh, don't quote me. I believe they did. Yeah. Um. Um, I think they started that before the Formula One started mm. everything, as in the, actually the main event. Yeah. Not the, what they call practicing qualifying, but before the main event. Yeah. And um, that, that should be the first thing that happens yeah. in, in our sport. Yeah. And I guess, you know, the, what you put first says about where your priorities are. Uh, I exactly. Guess. And, and I'm not exactly. criticizing the A-League, but, no, you, no, you know, no, but no. like you say, it, it, I guess as long as somewhere in that match it has its its pride in place, uh, you know, so that it, it it is a focus rather than a, you know, we have to do this because you know it's part of the you know, no, yeah, it's no, part of the no. running sheet or whatever. You know, no, yeah. And I'm sure no, that's not their no. attitude. I'm sure their attitude is is pretty good. Yeah. Um. But I mean, you know, if if you noticed it, maybe a few other people noticed it, it might be saying, I'd like this to be first next time because you know, again, what you put first it shows what you what you prioritize. Yeah. All right. Cool. So uh, let's continue to pray for um, full reconciliation. The theme of the theme of um, of reconciliation week um, was be brave, make change, and it said we want to work on uh, on uh, completing the unfinished business of reconciliation. So the process has definitely started in earnest. You know, especially in two thousand and eight. Um, but there's still a ways to go, and that's that's what the um that's what the theme of this year's reconciliation week is all about. Exactly. Oh, so, just before I yep. think um, yeah, it was a week ago now. We've we just finished our um voting. 
um, uh, yeah, uh, two weeks ago. Two yeah, two weeks ago. ago yeah. Wow. And election. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Election. That was it. We had the election. And, yeah. uh, and it was great to see Albanese with, he said that as a more Aboriginal, um, um, what's the word I'm trying to find the word, Lindsay? Um, yep. Aboriginal people within the parliament. Yes, yeah, uh, there are more, more representation, yeah. And uh, the other thing, political way to say it. <laughs> yeah. no, the other thing he, as well, so he's put, um, you know, he's got, uh, I think, two Aboriginal people in uh, in his cabinet, I think. But, you know, uh, and with responsibilities for reconciliation in Indigenous people, yeah, which is important. Um, the other thing I noticed is that uh, his press conferences, so when, when our Prime Minister has a press conference, uh, they have the Australian flag behind them. So our new prime minister, um, Anthony Albanese, has the he has the Australian flag, but now there's also the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander flags as well, which is which is good because it elevates the one Australia, doesn't it? The, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, we share our dream, oh, dream, and sing with one voice. I don't know what that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but, <laughs> but the idea of there there is one Australian voice, and it's made up of you know of all these different people who have come together. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's good to see that. It's good yeah. to see that. Yeah. As imperfect as we are, we do our best to, you know, to reflect the kingdom of God on earth, but we need God to help us to do it. And uh, and so let's pray that our, the church, that we can play our part of, of you know, showing the, the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone and including everyone in the gospel of Jesus Christ as well. Exactly, yes. There yes. you are. That's my Nobel Peace Prize speech. So it's a, <laughs> and I'm part of yeah. your 7,000 piece. Um. <laughs> no, that didn't make it into the essay, but maybe the next one. <laughs> maybe the next one. Yeah. Okay, okay, another 7,000. Okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's move on, um, and we're going to now talk about science. Ah, what a fine day for science. You have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Can you reverse the polarity? I'll do my best. Science, 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 science. Yeah, I like science. Lino, it's oh. time. You and yeah, I, yes. you and I, are going to try and unpack a science topic. Without Caroline. Oh, Caroline again. Yeah, I think I think those. she was okay with the last time. I think. Mm. What did we do? What did the um the telescope? That, that was, yeah, yes, yeah. We did the James Webb telescope. We did another yes, one yes. between that. I think. Yeah. Did we do with that one? I feel like we did. Oh, I don't oh, know if we did it well, but we did Star it. Trek or the <laughs> <laughs> oh, the warp drive. Yeah, we did warp drive. Oh, warp yeah, drive. yeah. That's right. Oh, we did warp drive. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We, yeah, we, we did okay with that one. We did okay like, with that one. Yeah, I think we were okay. Yes. What, what that uh, meant oh no, we did. Uh, we did. No, no. Um, was it five alternative theories to the Big Bang? Yes, right. Yeah, five. that's right. Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That was okay. That was okay. Yeah. Was it a warp drive? Was it? Whoa, there was a warp we... drive one though. I, I know but we I did think a warp Caroline drive. Did... <laughs> yeah. I think Caroline helped us with that one. Yeah, if Caroline did that, it was a better one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So um, yes. Whenever Caroline is unavailable to do this podcast. I start sweating because actually we should do the science of sweat one day. Um, yeah, I'll tell her that because uh, yes, yes. because you and I are going to discuss a science topic. So today, Lido, I thought it'd be fun. Caroline had shared this with us. Uh, like she gave us a few options, and I this one is the one that stuck out to me. It's called eight cool destinations that future Mars tourists could explore. So it's a bit science light. Uh, there's a bit of wow. science in this one. So. If you were, uh, those who are listening, if you were a tourist going to Mars, <laughs> start planning your trip. Here's your itinerary. I've got a few, a few places that you can go and visit. Awesome. Oh, so, uh, Lino, the first one 
is, and probably for me, the most, well, one of the most impressive ones is Olympus okay. Mons. Olympus okay. Mons. Okay, Olympus Mons. Yep. Okay. So, Olympus Mons is departing in five yeah. minutes. <laughs> Ticket, yeah, bought you. Yeah, please have your boarding pass to boarding Olympus Mons. Boarding pass to Olympus Mons. Which one would go with Elon, uh, Elon Musk? Or <laughs> Today we'll be Old serving Virgin. Mars bars. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't get a drink by the Mars bar. Exactly. <laughs> um, this is why Caroline does science, people. So, yeah, exactly. Olympus, uh, Olympus Mons. Uh, is uh, or was the most extreme volcano in our solar system. And it's really impressive to look at it, um, at the image of it, if you've got wow. it there in front of you. It's yeah. located in the Tharsis volcanic region, and it's the same size as the United States state of oh Arizona. My goodness me, so that's it's huge. massive. That's it's, huge. Yeah, 25 kilometers high. Whoa! Yeah, and um, it's three times the height of Mount Everest here on Earth. Oh my goodness me! Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's huge. <laughs> it's, it's huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's called a, a shield volcano because it was formed after lava slowly crawled down its slopes. Um, this means that the mountain is probably easy for future explorers to climb. So its average slope is only five percent. Uh, oh, at its summit, yeah, at its summit, the spectacular depression, so the the flat surface, is eighty five kilometers wide. So Whoa. it's not like you're getting to the tip of a volcano. You've, got, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you've actually yeah. got a nice open flat space. So you can get, get to the top of Olympus Mons and have a barbecue after you've scaled it. That's, a, <laughs> that's pretty good. So uh, there you are. Get yourself a nice lunch on Olympus Mons. Oh, yeah, Olympus Mons. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was uh, formed by uh, magma chambers that lost lava and collapsed. So uh, Olympus Mons, if you're looking for that. And while you're in the lovely Tharsis region, why don't you explore the other Tharsis volcanoes that are there as well? So uh, it's worth sticking around because um, there are like there are other volcanoes it hosts 12 gigantic volcanoes in a zone that's about 4,000 kilometers wide oh my goodness yeah me. this is according to images from NASA so these volcanoes also tend to be much larger than those on earth and wow. um, and what they say is that because uh, Mars's gravity is weaker that's why the uh, the volcanoes were able to grow taller Taller. Because they were able to erupt, ah, you know, higher and higher. And, yeah. Higher and higher because yeah. of the lesser gravity. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So um, it's most likely that they had erupted for as long, you know, they've been active for as long as 2 billion years, which is, according to this article that I'm using, um, half the history of Mars's life. Mars's so there you go. life. Wow. So two is it still active, years. Lindsay? Uh, no, as far as they're dead. They're, they're dead volcanoes now. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll just hope they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, if there were active volcanoes, they would be sending all kinds of, you know, rovers and probes to get images and videos and show us how spectacular it is. Yeah. So they are, they are dormant now. Yes. Um, cool. Okay. okay. Yeah. And there is an image um, in the show notes um, in the link that we're using from space.com, which has an image of these volcanoes, which is really cool to look at. So um, if you're done with volcanoes and, you know, exploring heights, how about exploring the depths of Mars as well by visiting Valles Mar Marineris? Okay, so Marineris. It sounds like a, it sounds like a <laughs> seafood like pizza to me. But seafood it, pizza, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something seafood. However, not only does Mars host the largest volcanoes, it also has the largest canyon. I can see for that. Yeah, that is, so oh, it's that amazing. amazing. Look at it. It's a giant wow. scar across the planet, isn't it? Yeah, so oh Valles Marineris is about 3,000 kilometers long, um, which is four times longer than the Grand Canyon, which is about yeah. 800 kilometers. So it's, it's it, if the Grand Canyon looks spectacular, by the way, I'd love to visit the Grand Canyon one day. Like the, I think it looks amazing. It's on my bucket list, yeah. It's on yeah, my bucket list be. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a big bucket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. 
It's a huge list. Um, yeah. Uh, however, four times as 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 uh, long as the um as the Grand Canyon. Um, researchers aren't exactly sure how it came to be, but there are different theories. So there's one theory that um it was formed um during the growth uh because of lava lava movement. So um lava under the ground could have pushed the crust upwards and broken it. Um, and then, uh, and then we have this giant valley. So, um, the giant Canyon. So there it is. Yeah. So once you're wow. done exploring, um, the heights and the depths of Mars, how about exploring the extreme ends of Mars as well by going to the North and South poles to see the, Whoa. yeah, to see the frozen carbon dioxide. So, um, yeah, yeah, there are two. So right. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it might be fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it does have two icy regions that are north and a south pole. Um, I don't know if there is a Mars Santa, but I mean, you might as well go and have a look for yourself. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Phoenix lander studied it up close in 2008, uh, and there's also been um, observations from the orbiting probes around Mars as well. During Mars's winter, the temperatures near both the north and south poles are so frigid that carbon dioxide condenses out of the atmosphere into ice on the surface. Whoa. And then in summer, this process uh, reverses, a process known as sublimation, for anyone who watched Star Trek Strange New Worlds episode 2, just saying. Oh, um, it sublimates back into the that. atmosphere. You need to watch it later. Um, yeah. Uh, so the carbon dioxide completely disappears in the northern hemisphere, leaving behind a, a water ice cap. Um, wow. But some of the carbon dioxide ice remains in the southern atmosphere, uh, all of this ice movement has vast effects on the Martian climate, producing winds and other effects. So it's a it's part of the the Martian weather as well. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Now, um, how about a uh, a dead lake, an empty lake? There's the Gale Crater at Mount Sharp, also known as Aeolus Mons. Whoa, 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 whoa. Lindsay, yeah. that crater. Look at this. Look at the um, yeah. size and yeah. the shape of it. Wow. It's, really? Imagine imagine a, a giant ocean or lake empty. That's that's what you're looking I, at. That, that, that's it. And I'm yeah. looking at the shape. It look, looks like Australia. <laughs> it does. Oh, you know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> it looks Zealand. a bit like, yeah, it looks a bit like <laughs> Australia, right? New Zealand right. is like right next to us. New yeah. Zealand is like right next to the south, yeah. north, southeast <laughs> part but, of But it. once again, once again, and I'm so sorry about this, no Tasmania. <laughs> it always gets left out. What is wrong? Why are people... Oh, Tasmania is part you, of Australia Tasmania. too, people. Oh, Tassie, yeah. Tassie, we love yeah. you. We love you, Tasmania. All of you, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Stop leaving oh. out Tasmania, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. All right, so um, we have to say that because we're basically their neighbours here in Victoria, so <laughs> got to be good to your neighbours. So it was uh, the the um, Gale Crater was made famous by the wow. Curiosity, Curiosity yeah. rover in two thousand and twelve. It's host uh, to um, extensive evidence of past water. So Curiosity uh, came across uh, this within weeks of landing and found more extensive evidence of water through its journey on the crater floor. So Curiosity now is actually summiting a nearby volcano called Mount Sharp and looking at the geological features in each of its strata. Ooh. So, I mean, wow. yeah, there you go. We've already got a pioneering rover who's, um, who's summiting mountains for us before we have a go ourselves. So cool. So yeah. cool, yeah. So, cool. so one of the most exciting findings that uh, Curiosity had was finding complex organic uh, molecules in the region on multiple occasions. So for about 2018, the results um, of these organics were shared. They were discovered inside 3.5 billion year old rocks. Whoa! Yeah. So the um the results researchers announced that the rover also found alongside this methane concentrations, which is important because methane can be a sign of life, um or, you know of or of past life, not not current or active life. These, you know, to say, yeah, yeah, these molecules yeah. are in the rock, so not um you know yeah, so not actually you know floating around or whatever. Um, but these elements are produced by microbes. 
So uh, they say right now it's unclear if it's a sign of life, but, you know, it's a step in the right direction if we want to say there was life on Mars. So uh, once you've done all that visiting, you might want to see um, some formations that are produced by the winds of Mars by going to Medusa Fosse. I hope I said that correctly. All right. Medusa. Medusa Fosse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's apparently one of the weirdest locations on Mars. So if you want to go somewhere a little bit different. um, Some people even speculate that it holds evidence of a UFO crash. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Probably okay. on the X-Files. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Send the okay. FBI. Yeah, Mulder and Scully. Go yeah. check it out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So, you know how every every place has a weird place to visit? This would be the weird one on this one. So, however, the more likely explanation is that a huge volcano deposit, um, some one-fifth of the size of the United States, is, is more likely Whoa. what it is. Um, wow. So, it says here, over time, the winds there have sculpted the rocks into some beautiful formations. And we see this on Earth, how wind can sort of sculpt over time and, you know, yeah, create shapes and so on. Um, researchers still need to study and learn how, um, how all of this formed. Um, but it may, uh, it may have been from huge, Im- immensely huge volcanic eruptions taking place hundreds of times over 500 million, e- 500 million years. So that's another interesting one. Uh, now, this one is the, the next one is the recurring slope Linne in Hale Crater. Now, this one you would have to look at from far away and not go anywhere near because uh, apparently people, if they were to go near it too closely, they could damage it. It's a beautiful natural formation oh, and we right, want to keep okay. its shape. So they said you should look at this from your, from your uh, binoculars, not, not, not close up. Um, but it's a strange feature, they say, that, um, and the, the slope Linne tends to form on the sides of steep craters during warm weather. So they said it's hard to figure out uh, what these are. The pictures uh, here, which are taken, that we can see on the website, which were taken from the Hale Crater, show spots where spectroscopy um, picked up signs of hydration. In 2015, NASA initially announced that, um, that the hydrated salts must be signs of running water on the surface. Wow. But later said, um, actually, they could be formed by atmospheric water or the dry flows of sand. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, I mean, it, it's very beautiful, but they said future humor expl- human explorers may have to admire these mysterious features from afar using binoculars because we don't want to damage the, the beautiful formation Definitely, that it is. Definitely, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. I love the name of this one. This, this is the last one. The <laughs> ghost dunes in Noctus Labyrinthus in, Hellas, in the Hellas Basin. I'm First sorry, of all, this sounds like, this, yeah, like, this sounds like an RPG game. It you does, know, doesn't get, it? Yeah. Oh, of course, no, it sounds like a, it is, oh, no, it is a sci-fi place. Yeah, like a, place. like a location in a sci-fi location, game or something. A sci-fi yeah. game or, yes. or actually or a sci-fi show. Yeah. It looks so cool. Man, we're it's, heading to the ghost Tunes in Noctis Labyrinthius in and Hellas Basin. Where's that? Well, I never heard yeah. Anyway, uh, so these ghost dunes um, are another really interesting um, wow. feature of Mars. Yeah. So it says Mars is a planet mostly shaped by wind, as we were talking about before, since the water evaporated as its atmosphere thinned. But we can see extensive evidence of past water in the ghost dunes. Um, in the in the Noctus Labyrinth, Labyrinthus and Hellas Basin. Try very hard to say that properly. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> but researchers say that these regions used to hold dunes that were tens of meters tall. Later, wow. the dunes were flooded by lava or water, which preserved their bases while the tops eroded away. Old dunes such as these show how winds used to flow on ancient Mars, which in turn gives climatologists some hints as to the ancient environment of the Red Planet. 
in an even more exciting twist, there could be microbes hiding in the sheltered areas of these dunes, Ooh. safe from the radiation winds that would otherwise sweep them away. Mm, interesting. So, uh, thank you to Elizabeth Howell, who wrote this for Space.com and gave us a really interesting topic to talk about. Yay. So, if you'd nice, like to, nice. yep, if you're planning on visiting Mars, you've got an itinerary. There it is. Eight, eight things that go on your Mars bucket list to start with. There you wow. go. Yeah. I'm still not going to Mars. <laughs> not yet. Oh, not, yeah. Not ready. Yeah, yep. true. True, yep. true. I, I, I don't know which one would I would go to. Or where would I buy my ticket to go? Where would you I start? Think, I know. I think I'll go to Olympus. I was going to say Olympus Mons is probably where I'd want to start. I'll probably... Yeah, I the view, I'll, the I'll view from there must be pretty amazing. That is amazing. Must yeah. be amazing. Well, hopefully I'll... I, yeah. well, we'll probably have like 10, 15... 20 generation different cameras by then. <laughs> yes. And the Valles Marineris. That would be my second one. I'd want to go okay, see the, okay. the, the, the giant canyon. Yeah. Oh, yes. The yeah. canyon. Yes. Yeah. That would be Pretty great. Pretty cool. Yes. You can imagine, you know, to do racing in those canyons. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, <laughs> pod racing. Pod racing. There we go. There now go. this is pod racing. Oh, pod I should have said that. Sorry, everyone. That's, <laughs> that I know people, so get, cool. people get PTSD from that line from episode <laughs> okay. one of <laughs> The Phantom Menace. <laughs> wow. That's that a cool amazing. trick. <laughs> Sorry. Good, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lizzie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Secrets of Star Trek, we apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Or Secrets of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, Star Wars. If you want Wars real well. content, listen to the Secrets <laughs> yeah, of Star Wars. If you want Star, Star Wars. Wars content. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wow. So um, let's roll on now and let's uh, talk about entertainment. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. It's not what we came here to do. No. It's what I'm going to do. I have a plan. You've got a plan. Lino, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I have watched, I have recently watched the first three episodes of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney+. Plus. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. It is. I don't know what anyone else thinks, but it is amazingly, uh, it's just amazing storytelling. Uh, um, When you revisit a character that you love uh, and they tell a story that that perfectly fits in with this character's storyline, and 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 not just you know what I love it's not just the nostalgia of seeing Obi Wan Kenobi on the screen again it's the fact that they've they're actually adding more to his character and I love it and oh it's, okay uh, yeah and I love they're doing that like his his character is uh it's legitimate it fits in with his you know because we have Obi Wan Kenobi in the first trilogy or the you know the the prequel trilogy you've got the Obi Wan Kenobi of the of the the original trilogy um but but you know but this one. This version of Obi Wan Kenobi fits perfectly in between the two, and I, I love it. Okay, then, and uh, I'm really okay, enjoying it. Okay. Yeah, so uh, cool, I won't cool. say much except to say that um, Obi Wan Kenobi is clearly, you know, it continues. I think it's ten years after the end of Episode Three. I um, think so. Yeah, he's still yeah. he's still on Tatooine, you know, watching over a over young Luke Skywalker. Luke. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. When he receives news, which I won't say much more about, that uh, that means that he can't simply be. Um, you know, the broken hermit that he's become. He's, and what I love about it is uh, when we, you know, think about this, you know, in a spiritual sense, we do get broken down by the events of our lives. Or sometimes we, we feel broken by our past and we feel like we can't move on. And we just slowly, like Obi-Wan, the way I see it is we just slowly deteriorate. You know what I yeah, mean? And that's exactly. what he's doing. He's, he's, you know, doing his mission of watching Luke, but he's just slowly deteriorating. 
you know, he, he's not interested in the world around him. He doesn't want to get involved in anything or, you know, um, he just wants to stay hidden, you know, hide what he has, his contributions and whatever else. But, uh, but life tells us, no, you have to keep going, you know, cool. you know, oh, and, wow. and um, yeah, it's, it's really good. I, I can't say much more without spoiling it, but there are moments, for example, where he finds things out and Ewan McGregor just does the facial expressions that you would expect when you hear particular news that he hears. And, um, and I love it all the time. I'm going through and I'm empath. I'm like, oh, poor Obi-Wan. I was like, poor guy. <laughs> I like cut the guy some slack. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's just copying it so much. And, um, and it's great. And there are other characters that are familiar to us that I won't say much about, but I love how they're, I love how they're portrayed. If people have seen it, know what I'm talking about. And um, this is a plug for Secrets of Star Wars, who is discussing these episodes. So go Probably ahead and listen be. to it. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. They've already started. So go listen to that show on SQPN um, and listen to their awesome insights as well. Uh, Strange New Worlds, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, loving it, classic Star oh. Trek, you know, week episode after episode, week by week, yep. rather than long story arcs, which is really good. Okay, um, okay. Again, okay. I won't say much more about it, but I love I love it. I love the characters. Each character gets their due, which is really good. They're all they've good. all got something to do, which is great. Uh, and what else? Oh, and Bosch. <laughs> Bosch uh, Legacy. I was to say. Yeah. Have, you been, have right. you been still going with Bosch? Yeah. Yes, still yeah. going. So I've got two so two episodes. I've got two episodes left to watch, but I've had to sort of back off from watching things a little bit because as I mentioned before, I just had a seven thousand word essay to complete. So <laughs> every minute is precious. So yeah, I've submitted that yeah, essay, yeah. so I'm gonna be boshing it today. Boshing <laughs> <I'm> it. <boshing. laughs> yeah. A Looking TV show, people, not yeah. the art tool we can yeah. say. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's not the tool. Yeah. But I like what they've done with his character as well, because his character has has moved on since the end of the seventh season okay and this okay. and this eighth season slash first season of a new series uh shows what happens next and i, and I like it i'm enjoying it it's you know still it, it's you know it's um still the same kind of thing but he has a different role now i won't say what it is for those who haven't seen it yet and and i'm, I'm enjoying where it's developed so that's cool. our bosch awesome, legacy is that is that new series so those are the tv shows that have been <laughs> entertaining me lately um, it's it's very cold and wintry. So in terms of entertainment, a lot of it has I been think so, yeah, at home. It's, it's a, yeah, yeah in between, up. yeah, in between, uh, you know, essay writing sessions. So what I do is I'd spend hours and hours doing some essay research or writing, and just have some cool and then, time. Man. And then my downtime cool time, would be to cool, catch an downtime, episode. Cool yeah, time. <laughs> yeah, cool time, cool, cool downtime. Yeah, cool yeah. Downtime. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 all of that. Awesome, yeah, awesome. How about you, Lino? Um, so we've been watching. Um, actually, continue watching. Um, the F one. Oh yeah, um, yeah. The, the documentary on documentary, Netflix. Yeah. yeah. So are there like a thousand like, seasons of that now? It oh, keeps no, going. Well, <laughs> well, actually, I think they'll keep on going as long as F one goes, but it yeah. do it for every season. Right. So it was funny when I started it. It went to um, season four again, and I went, "Wait a minute, I'm not up to this part." No, I'm gonna go back. So we're we'll see. <laughs> we're just still doing season three. Yeah. So yeah, um, we finished Disenchantment. I think I spoke about but later before. Yeah. That's okay. It's all right. It's yeah. yeah I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't even start season two because season yeah, one was like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. It's look. It's it's a it's a good show. Yeah, it, it has its um storylines and everything. The gags are a bit okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. But um, for, for those okay. who don't know, this is the show on Netflix that is made by Matt Groening, who's one one of the Simpsons creators. 
So, and, and I, you know, when I watched it, I had high hopes because uh, you know, the, I, I've only watched like the first, I don't know, eight or nine or 10 seasons of The Simpsons in my life um, before I lost interest. But, you know, they, they were pretty entertaining, like pretty good. Oh, they were. Um, they, were they, yeah. they moved on and also did Futurama, which which I loved. All right. Now, some of it's a bit irreverent, but I okay, loved the sci-fi yeah. comedy cartoon, you know, like all the Star Trek and nerd references. Star, you know, I, I loved that, which is really good. So I had high hopes for Disenchantment and then I watched it, you know, medieval comedy. That should be all right. And then I was like... Be right. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm not really. I'm. I'm not really laughing. I'm just. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. a joke, and I'd be like, huh. You know. That's about it, you know. Um. Yeah. It just. It just didn't. It just didn't grab me. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe there's something wrong with me, and other people think it's really funny, but it just. It just didn't grab me. Yeah. I, I think it's a lot of people. Um. Don't expect. Uh. Expect it to be a Simpsons. Um. Comedy. Yeah. I think they've gone. I think Matt's gone to a sort of a different way. Yeah. So I think that's the mentality. When you see this um disenchantment for all the listeners out there, don't expect it to be like a Simpsons um yeah. comedy thing. It's yeah. a separate thing. And it it can grow on you or grow or not. Mm. So some yeah. of it it's okay, some of it's like, okay, here we go. Oh, it's but, always um, it's always risky when artists go another way isn't it it's it's like um it's like when you have like your favorite band that you know that peaks you know 20 years ago and they're doing a concert and then they go and now here's something from the new album <laughs> yeah it's like you did it 20 years ago uh, yeah i don't know about this yeah it doesn't sound like you <laughs> some, look some of them has done well yeah um some of it has done well and yes, some yeah. have haven't it depends yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah we've been watching we just finished watching that we watched maybe mm, four episodes of the office the american version okay uh we stopped i yeah yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. I remember it being incredibly popular, and I never got into it. And yeah. like you know, my brother, my brother Paul would send me clips from it, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's really funny." You know, I'd actually like laugh out loud. But I never, but never enough to make me go, "I want to sit down and watch." You know, fifty thousand seasons of Steve Carell. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's it's each one's that's their own. Another yeah. one. Yeah, that's another I, one. I know. I'm, I know a lot of people found it really funny though. Yeah, 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 there's a yeah. Beef. like some of the situations in it are, are hilarious, and and it, you know, and things things go overboard very very quickly. That is, you know? I think yeah. one of the things about some of them is like yeah. cringeworthy. They think, oh yeah. my goodness me, you talk yeah. about that stuff right now. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a bit yeah. risky. You know what um, I mean? I- yeah, I remember there was one. There was one that I saw, like a clip that I saw was quite funny. I'll never forget this, where they have to do, um, uh, you know, they have to have a staff meeting. It's a mandated staff meeting. And they have to do a presentation on something, right? So, uh, so the so they've got a folder with the topics, and they're just meant to, you know, um, the one of the ladies, the the character, she's speaking to Steve Carell's character, uh, and um, and he's like, oh, you know, they're always so boring. We should, you know, jazz it up a little bit. She goes, no, you just have to read from the folder. It doesn't matter. If, she goes, it doesn't matter if they're listening or not. You just read from the folder. And it was on the topic of ethics, and it's like, no, oh, no, we've got to, you know, no. sorry, really boring. Like, we've got to jazz this up. So they walk in. Um, and they're dressed in uh, in exercise clothing, and they start singing. Um, I forgot the I forgot the artist, the Australian artist, but they come in going, "Let's get ethical, ethical." It's so bad. It's so. Oh, I'm thinking Australian. Come on, I should know who she is. Come on, ah, uh, all the Australians are screaming at us, telling us who. I know it is. because she's in a, yeah. uh, Olivia Newton John. Olivia Newton John, thank you. Because she yeah. because there's a TV show on um, Apple Plus. Yeah, as Apple Plus called yeah. Physical. Oh, okay, so, yeah. It is actually about aerobics back in the 80s and 90s. Oh, okay, right, yeah. 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 So, okay. And I was asking, yeah. what's her name? Olivia yeah. Newton-John. Of course, yeah. Greece. And she was the oh, star of Greece. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I... Yeah. Uh, office? 
I don't know. We tried to find the British one as well, Lindsay, but yeah. I can't find it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think, think the American one's taken over a lot. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> uh, that was up and down. And then we, we went, we've gone back to watching um, the original Star Trek. Oh, my goodness me, Lindsay. We were <laughs> laughing so much. Lino, I have a confession to make. I know you love it. I love I the original Star Trek. It is my favorite we, Star Trek series was, of all of them. Oh my goodness! I'm me, the kid was... that grew up watching the Next Generation. That got me into Star Trek, and and I don't know why, but some episodes are so clumsy and bad. I know, all right, I know, but no, some no, of them are so was, good. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was a good one. So I, I think we watched the one when they were we landed on the planet, and it was like a gladiator thing. Okay, yeah, fair and enough. There, yeah. Were, <laughs> there were thralls, the yeah. called thralls, where they yep. were, were trained to do things. Yes. And there was a scene there that, that would never happen yeah. in this generation where Kirk um, had to um, punch out a guard or whatever, a female guard. Of course. But that was, just, yeah, that yeah. was bad. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah. And the polystyrene, that was great to see. <laughs> yeah, it's polystyrene rocks um, everywhere, yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, man. But we then saw you've, the got, one- you've got Balance of Terror. Oh, my gosh. The the one with the Romulan. It's a, it's a season one where there's like, it's like a submarine oh episode where me. they're fighting a Romulan ship. It's like so cool. What about the Doomsday <laughs> Machine the, with the um, you know, with the giant, the giant machine planet killer thing? You know, and it's got, it's got like a Jaws that. theme where it's like, you know, I love it. I love it. And it was the last episode we watched was when they landed on a planet, and apparently the the people have been influenced by the nineteen forties gangsters. Oh yeah, yeah. A piece of the action. Yeah, yes. Oh yes. I'm so sad that I know that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then and you got William Shatner trying to put on a, a gangster accent. Yeah, and and come on, boys. Yeah. And he's wearing yes. a hat. It looks like it's felt. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's yes. fluffy. Yeah. It's, it's staticky. Yeah. And I go, what kind of a hat will you give a captain? And you got Spock with a perfect hat, like the normal yes, yeah, yeah. perfect hat. Yeah, I think they liked putting Spock in, like you know, in um, like period piece, you know, like kind of you know historical episodes. Historical and like that. episodes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, there's some gosh. great ones. I, um, I liked the pilot episode, the second pilot episode as well. The the okay. one with yep. the one where Gary Mitchell, you know, gets all these powers after they go to the the yeah. galactic, you know, um, galactic, yeah, yeah, barrier. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly, I love that. Yeah. You know, it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, there are there are just some great ones. A mock time is another one. The one where where Spock has to go back to his home planet. Um, to and he engages in trial by combat with Captain Kirk. And, oh yeah. yes, yeah. Oh, oh man, yes. there are so many okay. good episodes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. okay. But there are so many bad ones. I'll give it to you. Spock's brain, man. What was going on in Spock's brain? What was that all about? Honestly, what were they thinking? It's I like, have not seen yeah. that yet. I don't okay. think it would, because I think we're up to season yeah. uh, two, yeah. maybe or two or three. Um, I can't remember now. And the very last episode, um of season three, and I won't say, I won't spoil it for you, you haven't seen it yet. It was a body swap episode. No, I and, have not seen that and, one. And no, it wasn't no. great. It was, it was like, oh, okay. Uh, it's, it finished oh, okay. on a bit of a low. But season three, okay. generally the quality was lower than the first two seasons. <laughs> but, it, but I mean, there were some good ones. Um, the yeah, Trouble yeah. with Tribbles. Have you seen that one? The Trouble episode. I think episode. I've seen that one. The Tribbles, oh, yeah. Man, just like the comedy episode. And going and going and going. Yeah. Was you got me there? excited. Look at me. I'm talking about original Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Which was is why, by the one? way, I love Strange New Worlds, because it's <laughs> set in that era. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wasn't yeah. there, um, there was a character who sold the Tribbles to them? Yes. And he was in Discovery. Oh, oh no, no, no. So, there, no, no. I know what you mean. There's Harry Mudd. Yes, mud. Yes. He wasn't the Tribble guy. Um, and in fact, oh, the, in fact, the Harry, right. the Harry Mud episodes in the original series were terrible. I thought. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, okay. But they brought Harry Mud into Discovery. That's right. Yeah, as, yeah, yeah, yeah that's in right. that sort that's of right. like time, 
so sort jump of time kind of episode. Yeah. Will um, Captain yeah. Pike come across mud or not? Uh, oh, maybe not. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they they liked the they liked the actor that did Harry Mud in um in Discovery. I wouldn't Discovery. be surprised if they threw him in somewhere. It's in between there because Mud was yeah. doing Kirk's days, of course. Of yeah. course, um, I don't know how they do it, but yeah, Pike, Pike's days. I'm not really yeah. sure, but yeah, 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 yeah. It's possible. Cool, cool, cool. Who knows? Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. You got me got me <laughs> a bit of nostalgia trip about the original. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I still throw on every now and then. If I yeah, if I just need to watch something empty, well, or, you know, something that doesn't require much, you know, much yeah, much thinking, yeah, I might yeah. just throw an original series. Yeah, because I like the I like the um the re how they remade it. So they that so like you know like with computer graphics, and they haven't like they haven't done it up and made it you know like you know too much they've just made they've just taken the old special effects with the models on string and whatever else and, and made yeah. it a bit more legit you know which is which is fair enough i like that yeah it's very creative exactly exactly yeah um so i think that's what we've been catching up on too yeah there is something as i was you were talking about stranger things i think oh, yes, we'll, yep. we'll, we'll, we'll it. She doesn't want to watch things so tense at the, before she sleeps. Fair and enough. I, I totally yeah. agree. Daytime it's television. Like, yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. an early time if we can watch yeah. this at an early time. Yeah. Because I noticed that she wakes up in the next morning and she goes, babe, this is your fault. <laughs> I, had a, I had a dream about Stranger Things, about yeah. the monster and the thing. Yeah. Okay. okay <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Okay. Yep. Well, we won't watch it my bad. before we get to bed. <laughs> it is my bad. We, yeah. we won't watch it. We will watch something, you know. Yeah. Um, like Star Trek or something lighthearted, yeah, lighthearted, something yeah, straight up. So yeah, <laughs> awesome. Yes, um, I haven't got Netflix at the moment. I've switched it off so that uh, while I enjoy Paramount Plus and Star Trek, but when I, I will watch Stranger Things when uh, when Cobra Kai comes out later this year, I'll, I'll just get Netflix well, back that's on. That's another so, one we want to yeah, watch. Too. Isabel and I will yeah, watch that. And then, yeah, yeah. Yep. But I haven't found Netflix essential to keep at the moment. Um, it, it has. Is, I've yeah. heard it, but they've lost a lot of um, subscribers, man. I did hear like, that as well. Yeah, millions I, I was one of them. Of millions of them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I know, I know, yeah. but yeah. But if you look at what Disney Plus is doing and some of these other services, you know, like exactly. they've, they've all got big franchises, whereas Netflix never had a big franchise, really. No, no, yeah. not really. No, yeah. no. All right. Uh, let's finish up there. That was fun. <laughs> um, people who know, who don't know me and Lino and Jared as well, you know, our good friend Jared, um, the three of us will sit around and talk about TV shows and our favorite things for hours and hours and hours. You know, and this could we become would, a five hour would. podcast. Yeah. yeah the yes, things we love. Yeah. And joking about it. Yep. All right. Exactly. But that's for another time. <laughs> all right. So we want to thank you all so much for joining us on episode 78 of the Catholics of Oz. And before we go today, we'd love to take a moment to thank some patrons who make it possible for us to create the Catholics of Oz. Today, we would love to thank Stephen C., Mark B., Joe J., Jimmy D., and Megs G. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for the Catholics of Oz and all of the other shows at StarQuest to continue. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And thank you so much to our patrons. And if you're not a patron and you can't be a patron, that's fine. Please pray for us because that is such an important part of this as well, is praying for our um is praying for the work that we do in our contributions to the StarQuest network um, and in praying that I click the right button so that we don't lose recordings <laughs> and things like that as well. That's one example of something you can pray for. This take three. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's right, Stardate 78.3. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, we would love to know. This is what happens when Caroline's not here, see? Like, yeah. She was like, guys, yeah. come on. No one to pull sorry. us in, yeah. yeah. Um, so we'd also like to know your thoughts of, um, of any of the topics that we've discussed today. Uh, where would you go if you could visit Mars? 
Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on John Paul II's uh, you know speech to Aborigines in the Northern Territory um, in 1986? Do you think it's prophetic, like I think, or like we think? I should say. You can send us your feedback by visiting sqpn.com/oz, spelled O-Z, where you can find our show notes and all the links for today's episode in there as well. Don't forget to sign up to the StarQuest newsletter, sqpn.com/about/newsletter, and find out what's happening in the network every month. And also, uh, don't forget to join SQPN's Facebook. Facebook and Twitter so get onto those socials and Catholics of Oz also has a Facebook as well so you can join us there but most importantly Catholics of Oz not Catholics of Oz StarQuest Catholic of Oz is part of it StarQuest has a Discord a Discord channel so you can join there and uh, listen to all the and, and join part of the discussions with all the other people you don't need to be a patron to be on Discord you just need to be you just have a smartphone or a computer and join us and be part of that discussion as well. So you can go to sqpn.com slash discord to find out how to sign up there. Lino, thank you so much for being part of today's recorded episode. <laughs> I, I unbelievable work. Unbelievable work. And um, Dom, this is um, 78.1. Or two. 78.2. Yeah. Or three, depending yeah. on how, how matter of perspective. But, perspective, yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. Take care, guys. God bless. And... Um, Stay warm, Victoria. Stay yes, warm, stay Victoria. warm, Victorians. Exactly. Yes. Thank you so much, Lino. And uh, thank you all. We're sending our love to Caroline in New Zealand land. That's what we call New it. New Zealand Pri- land. We call it New Zealand land privately, but New Zealand or New Middle Zealand. Earth, whichever one. Middle Earth, each one. Uh, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Her and her family having a well-deserved break with her in-laws, so that it would be good for all of them. So wishing you well, Caroline. And uh, once again, I'm Lindsay Sands, and thank you so much for listening to episode 78 of The Catholics of Oz on StarQuest. Quest.